Hello, this is Dr. Sheila Marie Campbell of Nucci, and you are listening to Creative Healing. Today, I have Dr. Allison Snowden here with me, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of fun things from how her and I met to her near-death experience and why we, we have created the pain course. So hi, Allison. It's so nice to have you today. Hey, Sheila. I'm so happy to be on this with you. So Allison was the first practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine to treat me at the school that I went to. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh my gosh, do I. <laughs> so I, I drove from Sedona. I was in my mystery school at the time. And I, had my, I took one year off from undergrad, somehow find my, found my way into a mystery school and studied mystic science for a year before I went to Chinese medicine school. So I was an advanced, in advanced medicine or um, advanced meditative training at the time. And my teacher at the time said that I had to go to San Diego and I had to do it that weekend and I had to go visit PCOM. And so I, I had a prayer that I had taken and burned the paper and like buried it at the PCOM school because I really <laughs> wanted to get in and I knew it was such a hard school. And I was so nervous and I met you and I just felt like this was my school and your treatment was so powerful. You're still one of the most powerful acupuncturists that I have ever worked with. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, it was, I can remember the exact room we were in and I was like, wow, this girl feels energy. And I was like tuning in to your energy field. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it just, we had just such synchronicity from the start. And that's when our friendship started. Totally. When our friendship started, that was almost, uh, that was like nine years ago now. Yeah. Isn't that wild? So wild. So I would love to hear how you got started on the, the creative healing, you know, and how the path that took you there, because you are one of the most creative healers that I know. You pull from so many different philosophies and elements and you integrate it so eloquently. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So my healing journey started, you know, I was using my hands to heal. Um, it started when I was younger. My sister was diagnosed with uh, Burkett's lymphoma. And so at age seven, I was witnessing her going through her, all of her treatments. And that, ha and that lasted um, a year. And then she um, was also just sick afterwards. So for about 10 years, I was watching her go through her own healing journey with cancer and then just different autoimmune things after. And that's when I just started using my hands, using breath, um, visualization. I, at one time, kicked um, my parents out um, and their doctors out of my sister's room because they were aggravating her. And, and your parents are doctors, correct? Yeah. My my dad's a gynecologist and my mom's a nurse. So mm -hmm. I, I, I kicked them out of the room and I think this was when I was a freshman and I was just like, we're going to turn down the lights. We're going to take some deep breaths. And, you know, I was putting my hands, you know, on her feet and on her head and just balancing that. So it was just always a part of me. Um, 
you know, from the get-go. So I was just doing healing work with her. And then, um, you know, there is just a lot of death um, with people that we became friends with um, that also had cancer. So I went to several funerals, um, like one or two every year. And the kind of the final straw that really um, started my seeking was when my cousin died. Uh, he was in a car accident. His car flipped. He fell asleep at the wheel and flipped underneath the ravine and um, died instantly, but we didn't find him for three days. And so he died and I was around, what was that, was I 14? And I just was like, what is going on with life? Why is there so much suffering? Why are these innocent kids dying? And so, you know, I was doing my thing, um, but at night and by myself, I was just praying to God. I'm like, what is life about? Like, why is there suffering and why is there so much pain here? And I had always felt a connection with, uh, with a creator, God. Um, you know, I just had always prayed and always sensed things. And so I did that for about a year and a half. And on spring break, when I was, uh, it was a month before my 16th birthday, um, I was in Mexico and I was in a horrific uh, traumatic accident. Um, it, I was attacked and then, um, and then I was run over by a motorcycle or motor vehicle, we don't really know, but crushing um, my whole left side. So uh, about 18 broken bones. So my jaw, my arm, my, um, many of my ribs, my pelvis in four different places, and a double compound fracture of my tibia and fibula rupturing my tibial artery. So I lost a lot of blood. So that I that caused me to uh, physically die at the scene. Um, the Mexican police ar arrested the guy for manslaughter. And so I exited my body. And in Chinese medicine, this is really interesting when you know, the, um, the, the blood holds the, the soul and this, and the, and the huns so that's of the, of the liver. So when, when, you know, there's blood loss, you leave. So I was watching the, um, scene below and, you know, I was just this consciousness awareness, um, just being enveloped with unconditional love. And there was no time and space. I was just, you know, being immersed in this pure loving presence and it was like i try to in order to quantify it to like a human experience i tell people to think about someone that they loved or someone who they love so much and i say like times that by like a billion because it is just an extreme state of bliss and love and so there was a lot of different downloads, a lot of different conversations that went on there. Um, but ultimately, one of the biggest things that I was told um, was love is the most profound power and that it is our identity. And I decided to come back. Um, and so I was funneled back into my body, um, into this really broken body. So, oh. huh? How long were you gone for? Like how long were you in a coma or whatever that state was? So I don't know because, you know, it was, uh, I was in Mexico. So, and I was by myself when this happened. So the time 
the exact nature of what exactly went down um, is is still a little shady um, and unknown because it happened in a third world country. But I I was um, I felt like I was up there, um, so just overlooking what was happening. I felt like because time doesn't exist on mm -hmm. the other side, so I felt like I had like the longest vacation. But I think in actuality, it wasn't very long because I, you know, they arrested a man for killing me. However, like they took me to the hospital. So I wasn't like dead enough for very long for them to take me to like the morgue or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, we didn't have like any witnesses. We just had a guy that was arrested. Um, and then so I was hospitalized in a really, really awful um, uh, hospital in Mexico and I had to have surgery and then I was med-vacked. So I, I remember Sheila, I, um, I was in the hospital in St. Louis. So we had to go, we, I was med-vacked. Um, so I think it was a Louisiana. And then, and then we went back to St. Louis cause my dad worked at a level five trauma center. And I can remember being, it was a um, Christian hospital and there is like a four, you know, there's a crucifix in each um, room. And I can remember looking at that and being like, oh man, <laughs> like this hurts so bad. And I'm like, why did I come back? Um, you know, cause I knew that there is such a long road ahead, um, you know, you know, part of me was like, oh, why did I leave that bliss loving state? And, you know, the mission that was given to me um, was, you know, just bringing that loving consciousness um, down to earth and that loving energy. And then also to share this. Um, it took me several years to share this to someone because I thought people, this was back in 1999, I thought people were going to think I was crazy. Well, and some people and, do, right? Oh, I, I, know. <laughs> I was thinking about that. And I'm like, some people may think I'm crazy. But the thing is, is, you know, the coolest thing, Sheila, and this is what I want to like impart on, on, on people, um, you know, to really trust the energy. And there's, there's something that's, that's going on beneath the scenes of our brain. And, and above the scenes and yeah, every, yeah, everywhere. There's so much invisible stuff that's going yeah. on. There's an intelligence that's, that's there. And like the first person who I told, because I was just like, my parents are going to like certifiably put me into like a mental hospital. So I had enough discernment to like, you know, have discernment on like, I'm not going to just speak this out to anyone. Yeah. Um, and so I, it was really interesting. I told the first person I told, it was like literally pushed out of me through spirit because as I was talking about it, my, my ego mind was like, stop it. Don't say anything. They're going to think you're crazy. But like, yeah. I not, it just came over me. And this guy that I told, he's like, oh, I had one when I was 22 He's like, but I had, he had a life review. I didn't. So there's some like different, there's different grades of it, different, different experiences. But I mean, all near death experiencers have this profound unity in their messages, just like, you know, love, loving, like loving each other. Um, so there's, we all have different um, elements, um, 
you know, mine wasn't a physical place. So people are asked, you know, did you see anyone? And I was like, it, I was like, it's hard to know. It's all consciousness instead of like, it's, and the way that I describe it with my clients that I'm training and stuff is it's the energetic world exists alongside our world, you know? So it's like, it's not necessarily like, it's almost like a parallel instead of it's happening like right here. And when you have your consciousness expand into that dimension or space, it's consciousness where you don't have to see anything. It's almost like you, it's like you have these intuitive hits. Well, and the thing is, is that the biggest illusion is, is like, you know, that we're not connected. And also, you know, there's, there's a certain intelligence and our consciousness is this intelligence. And, and like, we have intuitive hits. We have, as, as we have different layers of consciousness, um, we are, we know certain things, certain things are downloaded. Um, so yeah, it was, I, um, I hid my story or I kind of kept it close to my heart and it would just come up. I would get an intuitive hit to share it with someone. Um, and I don't think I told my family about it until I was telling them, I was telling, I was telling them a story that I was, that I was telling someone about my near death experience. And they're like, what did you have? Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, um, you know, went through a lot of surgeries, um, uh, I, my, my jaw, my, uh, my arm was crushed and it had to be rebuilt by, with cadaver bone. Um, my pelvis, I didn't have any surgery on that. Thank God. Um, that was the worst one having a broken pelvis. Um, and then I had about five surgeries on my leg, um, and had to go to like Baltimore. So it's a long physical recovery, but once I was, you know, quote unquote healed, i.e. like my bones were like not, they were like healed and um, they weren't going non-union anymore. Um, it was about two years later. So I was in and out of a wheelchair, um, in and out of surgery from like my sophomore year to my senior year of high school. Um, and once my, once I was, um, you know, quote, my bones were healed, then my doctors were like, oh, you're good. You know, and go you weren't, right? Oh God, no. I mean, if you, um, I was in incredible pain and, you know, my whole life, I mean, changed in a instant and it was like, it was like a marathon to get through those two years. And it was, it was honestly, uh, you know, having that medical, a lot of medical surgeries, it's, it's very traumatic on the body too, even though it's for a healing, healthy reason, you know, the, the body is, you know, going through a lot. Um, but yeah, I was tired. I was anemic. I, um, you know, my thyroid wasn't working. Um, cause sometimes with extreme stress, uh, things, you know, I had a, you know, some brain trauma and that shifted, um, you know, how with hormone secretions, which is totally, and I mean, stress and trauma like that to- completely can create auto autoimmune diseases. Yeah. It can create a lot of problems. And, so it was like, oh, you're finished, like, you know, you know, you're healed. And I was just like, whoa, like, I don't even, you know, okay. So, you know, I went to school, um, I did psychology and I got my massage therapy um, license during that um, because my massage therapist, so during my own healing, 
um, through all the different, um, you know, surgeries and that I had a amazing pain management doctor who told my parents to go get me adjusted, get massage and cranial sacral. There was no, at that time, there's no acupuncturist really around St. Louis. So I wasn't exposed to acupuncture till later. Um, and so I would get cranial sacral work done and energy work done. And that's when I started to finally feel like my body was mine again, because I had disconnected, disassociated from my body just to, with the extreme pain and the continual trauma of the, the massive surgeries. on And that's me. completely normal, you know, to, yeah. for us to almost like energetically amputate a part of us that's painful. And it's like, we see that in rape cases with the Don Tien and like the energetics uh, extracting, you know, to get away from that part of the body. And yeah. I mean, I've had women that it was like you know, 20 to 60 years from, from, or not 60, but for, 20 to 40 years from the rape that still the Ren and the do weren't circuiting properly. So it's like, it's so important for people to understand how energy moves through their body. And when trauma happens, what also happens with it? You know, that's not just like the bone that needs yeah. to heal or the surgery. Yeah. The, the whole energetic system is, is compromised and, you know, the consciousness is in the body and that was, you know, when you're assaulted or um, raped or attacked, um, you know, it's, it's an assault on, you know, the energy field, it's an assault on, um, you know, your consciousness. And so there's a, there's a healing pro process to go through that. But, you know, my, um, I was, I was very lucky to have a pain management doctor that made my, my um, parents do that because I was like, wow, I, I feel I'm starting to connect to my body and I'm starting to like feel like the old me um, because like I was so numbed out to, you know, the pain. And so massage, I started, I was like, wow, I want to help people like that. Um, and so I went to, you know, massage school and then um, wanted to dig deeper into it. And I also had been doing energy work on my own um, through my own healing process. So um, I, I, I want a story that I tell my patients all the time is, you know, um, really monitoring and being aware of our own self-talk. And um, our body is a living, you know, breathing thing. And um, our cells feel everything that we, that we speak about. And, um, and, and they, they hear it. And it's really interesting. One of my favorite stories is I could not sleep at all. I was in pain. And so I got up. Um, and this was in between surgeries. I think it was between like eight or nine surgeries. And I, um, you know, sat down and I was just stretching and, um, my, something within me was like, put your hands on your leg. So my left leg and, um, like my body started to talk to me and it was like, look here, Missy. I call it now my sassy left leg. It was like, look here, Missy, you, um, you know, I'm sorry that you, you know, are angry that we're not healing. I'm, I'm really sorry that you think we're ugly because like my whole leg was skinned and so it was really purpley and it atrophied and my big toe didn't really work. 
you know, I'm sorry, you know, you, you just keep on calling me ugly and you're frustrated that I'm not healing quick enough. And it was like, you know what, we're all in this together. And why don't you put your hands on me and send me love that you experienced in your near death experience and send me love right now and I'll heal faster. So I like fell asleep on the floor, just holding my leg. And, you know, it, it didn't, you know, I'll be authentic. It didn't, you know, totally switch something off in my head. Um, you know, where I never like caught myself thinking negatively about my leg, but I was very conscious. Once I heard that I would reverse and be like, no, my beautiful left leg. I love you so much, you know, and reinforce that. That's amazing. Yeah. So how did that, would you say consistency was key in that whole process? Oh, of healing? Yeah. Like it's like sending yourself love. Cause I mean, even when, when I very first started studying dream technology and I was with my teacher and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. She was having me do all these rituals every single night. And in the beginning, nothing was happening. It took months for anything to even happen at all. And now I think that my dreams are some like one of the most useful tools that I have as a healer. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, with anything like healing is, is, I mean, a lifestyle, um, you know, it's just not a certain path. Yes. You'll like reach certain goals, but really like, it's really, you know, transforming your life. And so the self-love is very important, you know, doing, I, I have to do yoga every day. Um, I did that. I did a switch was like six years ago. Um, where I just was like, I'm doing yoga every day and cleaned up my diet and um, stopped drinking and that's shifted. So with, with the, I think we are continually healing and evolving and there's different layers. I think, you know, when I was younger, because this happened to me when I was little, I was like, oh, when this happens, I'm going to be totally healed. And that definition is kind of, shifted over the years, you know, knowing that there are many layers to, to so many layers, you know, to, to wounds and, and not to be like, you know, oh my gosh, this is such work. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the most beautiful rewarding work and it's a lifestyle and it's a marathon, you know? Well, I think that too, I was, it's funny. Cause I was talking really in, into deep energetics and science of healing and healing the inner child and our wounds and how it moves into our relationships with my friend Vivian and Vivian says to me and she she's from Australia and she has the most glorious accent she looks like Marilyn Monroe and she looks at me and she said Sheila it seems like to heal is to live and when she said that to me it just registered so deeply to heal is to live because it's like we're constantly cutting ourselves or, and not just like physically, like in the kitchen accidentally, it's, it's like cutting yourself with your thoughts or cutting yourself in a relationship or violating ourselves in different ways. And I think that the path to really advanced living, you know, where it's like, you're actually creating the life that you want to do. It's a constant introspection work of continuously healing yourself and continuously self-study of, of like what is going on and what, what's happening in your life and how are you attracting it? And not just like attracting it. Like sometimes 
things happen and circumstance happen that have to do with our lineage or environment or whatever, you know, but it's like, even in environmental stuff, it's like, if you're really listening to nature and to the elements and to your environment, then you can move. And I mean, we see that in aspects of when there's huge natural disasters and all the animals leave. It's like the animals are leaving because of something, you know, they're, they're listening to something. They're listening to the intelligence beyond our intelligence. And then they're, they're acclimating, you know, to the environment. So I think about that a lot when we're looking at the deeper aspects of healing. Yeah. And I think our, our nature is to heal. And, you know, quite honestly, I um, think, you know, the mind gets in the way uh, of a lot of um, healing, um, you know, just the, the monkey mind. And it's really, um, you know, healing through the body, um, you know, and that's why I love body work and acupuncture and energy, because when you, when you heal the body, a lot of times the mind just calms down. Um, you know, when the body is balanced, um, and when the energetics or the chakras and the meridians are balanced, like, you know, there's, you know, the, the mind is quiet. And, um, I think sometimes as Americans, we want to, you know, go intellectual on everything. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, especially emotional healing isn't done through the logical brain and you know emotional healing um comes from the body and comes from you know feeling and our culture a lot of it is um you know on numbing and distracting totally and bypassing and yeah and bypassing we could let's do a whole let's do a whole <laughs> um podcast on on bypassing um, I mean I think that it's important to like as we're looking at all this because it's I mean even with my patients and stuff it's we're looking at people that are on antidepressants I mean I had someone call last week that is on Ambien antidepressants Adderall and it's and I'm just kind of okay well where do we start <laughs> you know because as an eastern doctor it's not like we can technically say, get off all of these, you know? And at the same time, as an Eastern doctor, we know that that is toxic to the body. And it's like, why are we not sleeping? Why do we need, and I'm not saying that, like some people do, I think of these things as a band-aid. I think yeah. that Adderall, some people definitely do have a chemical imbalance and that is necessary. However, it's a very over-prescribed over medicine. And antidepressants are a very over-prescribed medicine as well. And so when we're looking at these, we have to look at the reasons of why is that happening? You know, why are you depressed? What's going on? And how can you move your emotions and your, your emotional body in a way that lifts the spirit? And I mean, I've had, I had a girl that was depressed two years. She was depressed. I did one acupuncture treatment on her, just uh, lung one, the entry point of the lungs. And it was a very light treatment. And she said that literally as soon as I put the needles into lung one, that she just felt this heaviness just lift right off of her chest and it never came back. And she was young. So it's like when we're looking at antidepressants and I mean, I have several little girls where their doctors were considering prescribing antidepressants but, and they're in high school, you know, where I don't think that that should be our first choice. I think that acupuncture 
is amazing for it, but also the deeper introspective work of what's going on, what is the body trying to tell you? Well, and you know, also it's like with me, I mean, I was putting antidepressants in the hospital when I flew back from my, um, from Mexico. Um, you know, what is, what, you know, from, you know, we can do it from the lens of Chinese medicine with chi and, and do with acupuncture and body work and balance that, um, balance the energy. Um, and then also from a functional medicine perspective, you know, it, are they, what's going on with their thyroid? Are they anemic? Um, do they have food allergies? Are they, you know, what is going on on a biochemical level? And then also, you know, we do not exist in vacuums. You know, what about the environment? Are, how is the social connection? How is like, you know, what are they feeding themselves through the screens? You know, are they like getting exposed to, you know, ridiculous images of, you know, beauty and comparing themselves? Um, the added versions of beauty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like really like it's, you know, I think, and I wanted, this is, I wanted to point out this when you were talking about just doing the inner work, like there's such importance with doing the inner work and there's such importance in, you know, getting connected with healers and teachers who can also support you and, and show you the way, because, you know, we were at one time like freaking clueless, you okay. know? And I mean, I, I'm literally 10 years deep into doing and owning my deep inner work. And I will still say, I'm still clueless in some areas. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't, you don't always know what you're doing and you don't always, uh, like there's a lot of moving parts and pieces. And the first week of traditional Chinese medicine school, I remember, um, Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting his name. But he, he, what's his name? He was the Asian one that was very, he's besties with Warren Shear. Oh, Tan Tan? Not Tan Tan, um, uh, the younger one. Um, Barry? No, I forget. Okay, but anyways, so he, um, he was the herb one, two, and three teacher before he moved my first year. And he said in class, if you want to understand, or if you think that you um, need to know everything, don't study this medicine, <laughs> like go away, <laughs> you know, because he said that the medicine is just so deep, the theory is so deep, the philosophy is so deep, you're just never going to know it all. And you just have to be humble enough to just keep sourcing your textbook and just keep doing the best that you can. <laughs> and it was so honestly relieving to hear him say that because I kept thinking about it all throughout school where it's like we're studying this massive theory that it's all in relative like in relevance you know and in context and that was such a different way of thinking than growing up in the western world you know when you go into yin yang theory and you go into the five phases and the way that our emotions move us and the energetic dynamics where i was an energetically sensitive person so and i was constantly like feeling things and empathic and feeling how people would move me. And so for me, it was giving me context to my feelings. However, it was so much information, you know? So it's like being able to digest it in a way that's palpable for the Western market has been a 10 year uh, study and practice, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, Chinese medical theory, I mean, I think it was like the first two years, you're still trying to understand the dynamics of it. But I think there's some, you know, 
Chinese medicine is the first functional medicine. There's a new movement in Western medicine in, um, in America called functional medicine. And it is, you know, finding the root of disease and then using diet and lifestyle to heal. Well, you know, I almost sometimes want to be like, um, you guys, Chinese medicine has been doing this all along. Yeah. And and they never Um, stopped, you know? So it's like, and it's an interesting thing too, because I think that that's the first thing that we need to look at. And I, the herbs are so strong. I always ask people to look at their diet and their self-talk and, and their rituals and their self-care practice before I even go into the prescription of herbs. And it's just such an interesting thing because when we're looking at Western philosophy and doctors, and it's, I'm not saying that all doctors are like, are like this, but it's, it's taught in their school to prescribe within four minutes. And as a doctor of Eastern philosophy, I'm not even comfortable prescribing herbs usually after spending an entire hour in treatment and diagnosing and feeling and touching and listening to the body. And that's an hour, one hour. I'm not going to prescribe herbs the first hour unless it's something super, super, super specific, you know, like a wind cold. And it's like a, a very like simple formula because I think that we really need to be careful with the things that we're giving to our people, you know, and I think that's why I think that prescribing self-care rituals and prescribing, you know, proper sleep rituals, proper nutrition exercise, and I think even positioning of people in your life. Like if you have a toxic situation or environment with a person, that's going to influence your sleep and it's going to influence your mood and it's going to influence your energy dynamics. So it's like, let's get rid of all of the, the, like the weeds, you know, and then we can go in and start prescribing other things. I mean, you're bringing up a really important point, which, you know, I think it's hidden a lot. So I'll just like tell a story. One of my patients, when I was working in Florida, um, she was coming in with stomach pain. And I think on the third session, she's like, Dr. Allison, I, um, you know, your treatments are working. But then when I go home, I'm fine. But then when my husband um, comes in the door, you know, the stomach pain starts. And, and I was like, oh, um, you know, what are we, what are you going to do about that? And, you know, she was noticing that a lot of times uh, things that show up in our body are um, our, our mood, our energy, certain pains. Um, is connected to our environment, is connected to our relationships. Totally. Um, I mean, even with, even in energetic dynamics, you know, you're picking up the energy of the field and your body's interpreting what's going on, you know? So it's like, you have to listen. Okay. If there's a pain, like what's going on in the environment? Like who just came into the environment? What did I eat today? Like those types of things. Yeah. And I just want to clarify real quick before we move on. You and I believe in Western medicine and we believe in Western medicine philosophy. And I think that an integrative approach is the best and the most important. And I'm not denying that people do sometimes need medicine, antibiotics, surgery, all of that stuff. So when we're exploring this conversation, we're exploring the different avenues and the different routes for more holistic healing and holistic healthcare that's Ben, like for the benefit of the patient. 
Yeah. And I would like to second that. I think, you know, most, most doctors, um, Eastern or Western have really good motives on why they come into medicine. They really want to help people. And I find, you know, integrative medicine, the best route because sometimes, and I mean, I had, you know, over 13 surgeries, um, and, you and know, I had surgery as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we are definitely of not the camp of, um, creating that that's like the evil thing. Um, I think, you know, each has their own, um, specialty and, um, you know, like I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for it. So, um, thanks for clarifying that Sheila. Yeah, of course. I just, I think when we go into these, these topics and conversations, it's really easy for people to make someone a bad guy or a good guy where I think that we have to just look at the holistic picture and the holistic approach and just always be rooting for, for optimizing health in every single category. You know, I think that what's, what's interesting about my and your story is we are such interesting characters with how we move and pull information based on both of our unique experience, I guess you could say with other sectors or dimensions or realms, because I mean, I've had sensory situations with spirits and other things since I was a really little girl. And you and I have joked about that aspect of it for a long time of coming yeah. out of the spiritual closet, you know, because yeah. it's like, yeah. what's that? Yeah, no, I swear. Because I mean, it is a big deal. Um, I mean, I, you know, coming from, um, well, you background. came from doctors and Western medicine. And I mean, my dad's a lawyer and my mom's yeah. a paralegal, you know, yeah. and, and I mean, granted, they're very open, compassionate people. My mom's always been, my mom's always known what's been going on with me. But even then there was a time where they thought I was losing my mind. Um, and I was just, I will not lose my mind. I will get proper training. And so what's fascinating, I think about mine and your story is that we like, I have a degree in child psychology and really studied development and understanding of science. And then we both have our medical degree in Chinese medicine, really understanding that philosophy. And then both of us are very into our meditation practice and our yoga practice and the philosophy of that, as well as understanding the deeper dynamics of the holistic approach into spiritual realms. And so I think that I would love to just talk with you more about the Maryland Institute and like just your perception going into the spirit realm, you know, where it's like, and I think that's what's different about this approach, you know, because it's like we're looking at, we do take in the Western medicine, the Eastern medicine and more metaphysical things. Yeah, I think, you know, we're a definite um, different blend. Um, You know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, Chinese medical doctors, they just stick straight to, you know, straight TCM. And, you know, I've, (laughs) I've always just, you know, had different trainings. And just because you, there's different, you have to look at the context and what's wrong with not wrong, but what's in balance with each person. And, you know, you, the more, you know, the more you can pull from and be a master at helping people the quickest. And, um, you know, I, I think for a while I tried to maybe sometimes like suppress that, uh, spiritual consciousness aspect of mine. And I think that's a 
that was an old habit from when I was younger because it was never discussed. Um, you know, I was an empath just like you and having just different spiritual experiences when I was younger. Um, and then I had my major near death experience and then various experiences afterwards. And, you know, you, there's this, there's this worry that, you know, it's going to, discredit you or that type of thing but I mean I was I think that part of the reason why I stayed so hidden in a Hollywood even I mean besides that everyone loves the best kept Hollywood secret but it was <laughs> because of that you know where I'm like I'm just gonna low-key be on the low-key and just like be able to be my full interdimensional spiritual self and the right people will find me and then um I ended up going on blast on social media from one of my clients that has um, over a million followers. And then I went on her, she's like, will you come on my TV show? Like my followers are curious. And so I was like, well, cat's out of the bag. And it was funny because her and I, she's a very private woman and her and I always work secretly about more of the interdimensional things that we're working on and cord cutting and more of the esoteric stuff. And that was what really sparked people's interest. And so that was what she wanted. She was like, I want you to come in like the full Monty, like all the rituals and everything. And I thought it was so funny because literally the day she texted me to go on that, I was in a Kundalini practice at this retreat of my friend Isis, Isis Andrea. She's with the Living Village Culture and she was doing a... Um, a course and I was a contributor at her course and we had a kundalini class and I literally just made peace with Chinese medicine is so powerful and I didn't want to stir up the pot with Chinese medicine practitioners but I was just going to tone it down and like <laughs> that was going to be my presence online was sticking to acupuncture and literally the moment I got done with that kundalini class where it was like full surrender that was the moment that she name dropped me and like online about cord cutting and all this esoteric stuff and the things that we do to keep her chi strong. And then I was like, well, I guess the cat's out of the bag, you know? And I think that what's important always is just being authentic to you. And I think that when we just fully, completely surrender and own exactly who we are and we're non-negotiable and not sorry about it, that's when the real magic of the universe occurs. You know, it's not and that's what makes you unique and that's what makes you different and that's what makes people want to connect to you because you have a little something like you have a little sauce that they don't know about it's like a secret sauce you know <laughs> well it's just i mean it is and and it's amazing because like i think you know it's sometimes it is hard just to totally own yourself and it takes practice and and friends to encourage you um, totally. You and know, you've like, been one of my biggest supporters of owning that side of me with your near-death experience and you talking about it. And personally, just me really wanting you to get that story out, you know, of like the story of your healing and the trauma. And we didn't get too deep into it, but the trauma before you were even hit by the motor vehicle was insane. Yeah. And we don't have to get into that today, but it's like the fact that you were able to gather yourself again after being hit that hard in so many different ways and then be able to persevere and go to school. And even through school, you were still healing the physical pain of that accident, you know, where it's like, yeah, yeah. your bone fused and it healed, 
but you still weren't able to do yoga properly and, and you just kept going and you completely healed yourself. And then you went into like your PTSD and you completely healed that. And here we have like a completely functioning human being able to be compassionate and articulate and understanding of all the different aspects that go into having trauma on such a deep level and still being able to move forward in life. And I, I respect that of you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It, it is not the, you know, a lot of near death experience uh, narratives go into, you know, they saw the light and then, you know, their, their life completely changed for the better. And it was like, woo, you know, like all roses. And, you know, it took me a while um, because my story was not like that. Like I descended back into my body and it was a complete hellish experience, um, you know, with some fun things, like there's fun stuff in the hospital, but I mean, some intense pain constant um, for about 10 years. And, and that is um, really, you know, just really hard. And um, so, I mean, I, I like to own both, you know, the light and the expansion of consciousness. And then also, you know, how uh, I was treated in Mexico, that type of, um, that trauma that came with that. And then, you know, just also some medical trauma too. So with, totally. uh, with the surgeries and then also my doctors telling me that I would never heal. Um, but it was, you know, one of my, one of my doctors, um, he, he, when I came back from Mexico, they were, he was a family friend and he was just like, Allison, like, I don't understand. I've never seen bones so badly crushed in my life. I've only seen this on dead people. And I was like, well, I did die. Um, you know, and but he was just like, I don't understand. I don't know when you're going to heal because I've never seen this, this, this intense type of fractures. Um, and eventually he, we had to leave and go to a different person that wasn't so tied to our family because my mom kept on getting panic attacks, um, after the, um, <laughs> after his appointments, but it, wow. it truly, it truly is a miracle, um, you know, that I survived and that I, you know, got, you know, just have gone through the various stages of healing. What and, would you say, what would you say was like one of the things that guided you the most in that process? Like, um, how did you get through it? I think my, um, just my, with my near-death experience, like there was just, I was talking to another near-death experiencer the other day and I said, there was something, it was like something within me. I knew I could heal my body despite like the obvious of like how broken I was. So my connection with that unconditional love source energy, I can remember. So when I was in, um, you know, my, I was in the hospital for, what was it like four weeks? And then I was bedridden. I can remember we had like a hospital bed in our porch area of our house and I could hardly move. But what I would do at night is I would imagine myself running because I was a huge runner, a huge runner and a horseback rider. Um, I competed nationally before this happened. And I would just be like, I'm going to get there. And, you know, just my, probably my imagination. 
because I was like, I am going to run. I'm going to, you know, be pain free one day. And I mean, it took like 10 years from there. Mine wasn't like a Joe Dispenza, like, oh, I healed more instantly. Mine took, you know, a little bit longer. Um, but I got there and I think it was just my connection with that near death experience and feeling like the force and the love and the possibility that comes from that realm, you're like, well, shoot, like anything's possible. And I think that was the thing that propelled me where, um, you know, other people maybe would have given up or accepted um, living in pain. I mean, I was told I was going to be living in pain the rest of my life and just to forget it. Um, which well, and that's what's interesting about doctors and I mean, even with putting a date on death, you know, people, doctors will say, oh, you have six months to live or, oh, you're going to live in pain forever. And I just, I really stay away from absolute sentences like that, you know, because I don't have, like, we don't have a barcode, you know, on the bottom of our feet with that. And I think, I think it's very dangerous because it's, there's, and and that's where the art of medicine, because you want to like, I think sometimes they don't want to give you false hope, but I mean, it would be interesting to explore like, you know, well, just cause they haven't seen it doesn't mean it can't happen. Well, right? I understand false hope, but it's like people die all the time that don't even look like they're going to die, whether it's like a car accident or yeah. um, just accidents, trauma, it, like that kind of stuff happens. So it's like, even if you're feeling sick or you're, or you are terminal, it's like, why, why not just like make the absolute most out of, you know, however many days you have left instead of being like on July 6th, I'm out of here, you know, because I think that when we, when we put a date stamp on it, it's almost like doomsday. It's like you're walking into something and yeah. And I think the doc, it's almost like a curse. So if you say that I'm going to be in pain the rest of my life, then I'm not going to look at you know, other options to help me relieve pain, you know, like that type of thing. And, you know, it took, I mean, when I would talk to my acupuncture patients or, um, you know, healing, I think a lot of patients have um, interesting expectations of healing and how quickly, and they get very um, discouraged, you know, if it doesn't happen instantly. And I think that's one of the things to really, you know, that I have to educate my patients, um, with, and, um, you know, like I would say, you know, it took me 10 years to get out of chronic pain. Um, you know, I'm going to, because of my trainings and what I know and what I've been through, um, because I didn't have a doctor like me that knew many different aspects of medicine, you know, I'm going to try to get you there quicker, but you know, you have to give the body time to heal and to shift and to reintegrate. And you have to give your focus to it. So Allison, I completely appreciate you coming on today. We're about out of time. And I just wanted everyone to know that Allison and I have designed a pain course and this course is designed for all types of pain. And it's a good introductory base to understanding the origin of our pain and how we can heal our bodies. So we have a four week introductory course to educate you on different types of pain, origins, resolution, and we even go into the mental and emotional aspects of the turmoil of acute and chronic pain and offer all kinds of tools for you to empower yourself and practices of the ancient traditions and using modern research and neuroscience. 
So we're really excited about this course and we just, we have so much that we want to share with people that are in pain and there's so many practices that you can have and do at home. And I mean, even with you, Allison, you learned all kinds of self-massage that you were doing all the time. Oh yeah. And I can't wait to share that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can't wait for you to share with everybody. And we just really want to create a community for people where they don't feel alone and really empowerment. And I think that so much of, of being a doctor for me is teaching people how to be their own doctor and their own health advocate and their own practitioner. So I'm excited yeah. about this. I think it's going to be a really fun time. And Allison, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I love listening to your story and what you have to say and how your brain works. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited for this course and all, all other adventures we're going to have. Totally. And where can everyone find you? Your personal um, account? My website is www and it's Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R. And then my name, Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-S-N-O-W-D-E-N. So drallisonsnowden.com. Amazing. And Allison is also on Instagram and she posts all kinds of amazing things from chronic pain, emotional healing, being empathic, such an inspiration. And to take our course, you can go to nuchi.us, N-U-C-H-I.us. And we are so excited to have you and take this journey with you. So for everyone listening, this is Creative Healing and we are out. Mm-hmm.